Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to Tennis.com Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Nina Pantic, joined in Lake Nona by my co-host, Irina Falcone. Hey guys, how's it going? Our special guest today is Captain Kathy Rinaldi. Hello, ladies. We're here in Lake Nona at the USTA National Campus. So, Kathy, let's talk about what you do at the USTA. <laughs> well, I am the head of women's tennis, and so we run the uh, player development out of Hote, home of American tennis. Um, and uh, we run a lot of camps, and we have preseason coming up for all our pro players and for our top uh, prospects coming up. Um, we do quite a bit, actually. Kathy is a former world number seven WTA pro, and she was ranked as high as number 13 in doubles. She led the 2017 Fed Cup team to the title, um, and she's worked with a ton of young American and veteran American players. <laughs> That's correct. I love I love my job. I'm very I feel very blessed to still be involved in tennis after all these years of playing, of course. Um, I feel like all my playing years have kind of prepared me for this position and this is to me this is more like a calling. Um, it's not really a job to me. Um, I really look forward to it every day. It's got its challenges that are are wonderful um, even and um, yeah, I just I get to work with players like Irina. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so being Fed Cup captain and head of women's tennis, how much are you actually on the court <coughs> still? Or are you mainly just doing busy work, meetings, and all that fun stuff? That right. Well, my <laughs> well, my role has changed. I mean, it's, I have a huge responsibility now as head of women's tennis. Um, you know, not only looking after and fighting for for the players, but also um, our coaches, our uh, player development coaches, and our private sector coaches in the programming around around the country. Um, I, I'm now feeling a little bit more settled in my new role, so hoping to get more on-court time uh, with the players was out there a little bit with CC and Caroline Dallahide and, um, of course, our friend Allie Kick. And uh, so, you know, I'm really trying to get out there more now, Samantha Crawford, and that's coming back. And um, wherever I can kind of insert myself, I'm kind of a pest. I'm like, hey, I want to play two-on-ones. <laughs> Would you say that off-season and preseason? I mean, is that like your favorite time of year because you're able to be with all the players here at the Hope? Yeah, it is one of my favorite times. It's one of the busiest times, too, but it is one of my favorite times, um, you know, to be all together. Um, obviously, we have a lot of players outside of Hope that are training as well. So, you know, want to make sure that they're all set and have all their needs taken care of, too. And then the Fed Cup process that you're part of, how much of this job is recruiting players and convincing them or not convincing <coughs> them, but getting them on board? Well, I think you have a really incredible core of players that, you know, you don't have to talk into playing Fed Cup. I mean, they just love playing Fed Cup. Um, and I've been very blessed to have 
a lot of our top players, I mean, all of them basically have played Fed Cup. And now we have a whole new young generation coming up, too, that are excited to play. So I think that's what is so great about um, American tennis, uh, women's tennis in particular, because we have so many players in the top 100, um, and they all have raised their hand. So I feel very lucky. So we have to talk about 2020 Tokyo. That's that's pretty big. It's going to be your first Olympics as Fed Cup captain, mm-hmm. correct? Is it easier or harder knowing that you have to just pick a few selected players for yeah. next year? Well, that's the good and the bad. The pros and the cons of having so many great American players is, okay, you have a great pool of players to pull from, but you can't take them all. And so I would say when people ask me what the toughest part of the job is, that is it. I would rather put my arms around everybody and say, let's all go. But I can't do that. So, um, you know, the players will uh, be fighting for their positions and, um, you know, and, and that will speak for itself. Is there a deadline for when you have to decide this is my, my group? What is that deadline? Yeah, it's uh, in June. Yeah. Okay. okay, so it's, I mean, it gives you some time. Yeah, yes, and it gives the players time and um you know I'm, I'm super excited to go to the olympics and um honored to be an olympic coach um i didn't have the opportunity to play as a player we had so many great american players when i was in the top 10 we were stacked and so i never had the opportunity to go and i always wished i had that so to go as a coach um is super meaningful for me it's almost kind of obviously i know you would have wanted to play but in a sense i mean you're going in there, you're established, and you're helping other girls, and you're going to be part of the opening ceremonies. I mean, that is pretty cool. It, it is. Uh, it's, it's a dream come true. So we have to talk about 2017 a little bit because that is when the U.S. Fed Cup team won. Mm. Can you tell us about that experience, especially because you guys beat Belarus in Minsk? What's Minsk like? Oh, it was incredible. The atmosphere was out of this world you know packed stadium sold out every every day um the accommodations were second to none um the hospitality in belarus was incredible the competition was absolutely off the charts i mean that final um is something i think all of us will treasure for the rest of our lives i've never been so proud of a group of young ladies um that entire year everybody stepped up um, and then uh, having Sloan in the final step up was, was incredible to have her as well. Uh, it, it just, um, you know, I was just looking at the picture yesterday of us holding that trophy in my home, and um, it just brings back such great warm memories. Um, and we also had a young lady, Jenny Brady, there with us, who then later on, you know, has now played on the team. And um, just that time together, it's bonding. It's something that bonds you forever. Um, And um, it was incredible to win my first year as captain uh, and then to follow it up with another final um, in Prague. So it was pretty incredible. Why can't we get one of these finals at home? (laughs) Soon, soon. So I'm sure that a lot of our listeners don't really know how much you travel. I mean, you probably traveled just as much as some of these players. I mean, you're probably going to be going to Australia, going to be there. And then, I mean, it's just nonstop. Would that be accurate? Uh, yes. I mean, I, you know, I've, I'm probably traveling more than when I played, actually. But I think it's so important for me to be on the ground and um, up close watching the players and their coaches and their teams and um, supporting them in any way that I can. Um, and also for Fed Cup, it's helpful to um, to be there and and, and to uh, 
you know, continue my relationships with the players and, and to scout. Um, that's a big part of what I do as well. So, um, and I'm there to support our coaches. Um, our, you know, we have an incredible staff here at Hope with our strength and conditioning and Dr. Larry Lauer, who you've spoken with, and our nutritionist. And, and so I'm really out there supporting everybody. And, um, and I just love tennis. So for me, you know, I love being there. Um, you know, I'm so passionate about what I do. So um, it's an honor. It's not something I take for granted. Every time I go back to a Grand Slam, I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm here again. Uh, she's not wrong. I, I We joke about it like all the time that you could probably give her a frying pan. She could still beat a lot of players out there. <laughs> yeah, that, the, the timing is just so good. It just it's hasn't so lost. Oh. Would you just be on the court all day if you could? I, like, I do yeah. love it. Yes, I do love it. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hey listeners, you're listening to the Tennis.com podcast with special guest, Fed Cup captain, Kathy Rinaldi. She's telling us all about her job at the USTA as the head of women's tennis. Keep listening. How did you transition? Because your pro career was really, really strong. How did you make that switch? Did you go right into coaching? Was there a lull where you did something else? Um, well, when I finished, I had my family, of course, and I had my son, and I still continued to play a little bit, mostly doubles at the end. Um, and then I kind of naturally fit in. Um, I was doing some corporate outings. I was lucky enough to be asked to do some of those and some commentating, kind of just seeing what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to stay in tennis. Um, and then I uh, taught. Um, I, I, I hit with Irina a few times uh, in uh, Jupiter, where we both lived, and um, hit with some of the girls that were still on tour. Um, but then I was also coaching over at uh, the Breakers Hotel in Palm Beach. I was there for 10 years part-time. And, um, and that really kind of led me into the USTA. Um, and as soon as I started, it was, again it wasn't really like a job for me. It was more like a calling. I, you know, it was just, it was a natural fit for me. I just loved it. Um, I remember my first trip uh, was young girls with Sasha Vickery and uh, Vicki Duvall. And, um, you know, I, I started the job and they go. And I just, I really, really just um, loved it. It was a natural fit for me. So I haven't looked back. <laughs> You mentioned, though, you had your son and then played a little bit after. So that kind of puts things in perspective, seeing all these moms on tour right now. It's so insane and inspiring how quickly they bounce back. You can relate a little bit to that, can you? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's wonderful. I, I look back on my career, and those were some of the best days of my career, traveling as a family um, with my uh, son and my husband and my parents uh, would come to and those were some of the best moments. Um, and I, I really, um, you know, to see Serena with, with Olympia, it's just so adorable. And, um, you know, and Kim Kleister's coming back. I mean, it, it's really nice to see that. I think it puts things in perspective as well. So I've read this before. I don't know if it's accurate, but I've read it that you are at your strongest after you've given birth. For two years, you're at, at your strongest peak. Would you agree with that? I tell you what, I had such a great pregnancy. I never felt better and healthier. Um, I gained a lot of weight, but <laughs> but I also lost it pretty quickly. But um, I believe that. I, I do believe that. 
Yeah, I mean, I've actually, I told that to Mandy Manella, who was in Houston. Right. And I mean, the girl, I actually asked her, I think, three times. I was like, are you sure you had a baby? Yeah. Like, are you sure? Because, I mean, she just looks phenomenal. And Patricia Teague is another one. I mean, there's there's just, a, there's so many. There's and so it's many. so wonderful to see the kids. And, you know, my son also remembers that going back to Wimbledon and the French, you know, he remembers growing up there and playing with other kids even later. So it, it, it really is a tennis family. Does he still keep in contact with some of the kids that he grew up with? Um, you know, I'm not sure. I no, I don't. I don't think so. But I think when he goes to tournaments, you know, feels uh, like home they almost. they they would all go out and play tennis mm-hmm. and hang out or be in the nursery together. It was it was really fun. That's awesome. I like hearing about this because I am one of the more I think maybe one of the many people who feel like as a woman and your career you have to put either your family or your career first and there's this time where you're getting to your late 20s and you're like oh no like I have to take advantage of this time and maybe like leave my career and that's scary to me like I don't know Irina maybe you can relate a little bit because we're getting older but <laughs> but I mean, you know we're you all feel, getting older you, you said like, that not me yeah <laughs> you feel like you're running out of time and seeing seeing moms on tour is like hey man you can do whatever you want to do still even though you've you're, you want to have a kid I don't know. I mean, I think at the end of the day, everybody is different. Some some moms do decide, like, hey, I want to stay home. I'm good after having their kid. But when you see these players and you lose to these players out there that have had kids and you're like, all right, well, I mean, the tennis doesn't go away. And, I mean, when you, when you have, I, I think, how long was it when you were still playing? While you were pregnant, how long was it? How many months were you along? And you were still playing. I, I actually, when I found out I was pregnant, I stopped. Oh, okay. um, yes, I stayed home, um, and then I uh, started up af- about six months after I had um, Duke. <laughs> because, because I was talking with Mandy, and I think her last tournament was Wimbledon. Yes, I've had some indirect losses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Liz Smiley back in the day was pregnant, and uh, I think I had a loss and loss and doubles from her. And I was like, wait a second, that's triple. <laughs> three against two over here (laughs) so I was talking to Mandy about it and she was like yeah so in July was when she stopped that was her last tournament had her child in October and was playing matches in February now that turnaround is ridiculous to Mm -hmm. me but uh she told me she was like you know I, I felt so strong I was ready to go and then I mean when you are fit in your pregnancy I mean you don't really lose so much. She's like, well, my movement was obviously right. altered, but I'm sure you get it back. You, you get it back so quickly. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, careers are longer today. So I think, you know, you, you see players like Serena. I mean, she is an inspiration to a lot of us because she's, you know, in Venus. I mean, look, they're, they're getting close to 40. So and they're still out there and competing and um, you know Serena with the baby, so I think that that has inspired a lot of a lot of players too. So it's just wonderful to see, and, and the kids are so so cute. <laughs> Irina, you maybe you do have ten more years left. <laughs> so we're talking about kids. Let's go a little bit older. Um, Sophia Kennan hmm. for me is a standout name from Fed Cup because I remember her playing in Prague, and she kind of got thrown into the final, and now she's top fifteen in the world. And people don't talk about her as much as they do about some other of these other big players. I think Coco Goff stole a lot of spotlight this year, but Kenan to me really stands out as someone who yes. could be, I mean, I'm not going to say Grand Slam champion, but she's the real deal. I mean, yeah. yeah she's the real deal. Um, I am just super proud of Sonia. Um, she's uh, an incredible professional. 
Um, she is one of the hardest workers I know. Um, and she's been that way since she was seven years old. I've known her since she was seven. And as soon as she hits the court, she is intense. Every practice is like a match. Um, she's um, grown a lot um, physically, but also um, she's had a growth mindset for her game. I think she's made so many improvements, and I think Irina can probably um, agree with this. Oh, yeah. um, and her competitive spirit. I mean, she is a competitor. Uh, I think, you know, she's just come up and had such an incredible year, and I couldn't be happier for someone because she has really put the work in. One of the things I noticed while I was watching her play, I remember watching her play um, at the French Open against Serena, and everybody had camera on her when she had that match point, right? And afterwards, you know, it was just like fist pump, go to the net. It was like, this is just business. This is just what I do. And that was one of the things I noticed. I mean, every single title that she's won this year, it was just like a fist pump. This is just another day in the office. This yes. is just, I come out here to win. And that's so impressive. And that that's was a the, great point. That was one thing I, I, you know, you always have to wonder someone so young to rise up in the rankings so quickly. Do you think it's going to be of a, a little bit of a shock now that she's top 20? Like, is that going to be? I don't think it's been that quickly because I think she's been working at this for a while. I think she's continually grown and continually improved. Um, I like the route that she's taken. Um, it's not like she's had one, a couple big tournaments and, you know. And then disappeared. Yeah, she's had consistency. Consistent, and right. I think that that, that is huge. Um, That's huge. Yeah. And so you know how far she can go I would never count her out because she's a competitor and she's a fighter so um you know you know life on tour there's always bumps and obstacles in the way but um she's a tough she's a tough girl and she's uh, a really sweet girl off the court do you think she can win a slam I do right. yes I do. gotta look out for her then well you know I love my the American girls are tough right. yeah, yeah. Well, what Irina was describing there about how she kind of acts like she belongs there and has this fist bump every time she wins anything very similar. I think she has a bit of what we call tunnel vision, where you're so focused on what you're doing, you don't think about the cameras or who's watching or who you're playing. Right. And that's something that uh, Coco Goff was saying on the Beyond the Baseline podcast. She said that her goal for 2020 was to maintain tunnel vision. Mm. And in players so young, I think that's something that's a really unique trait that sets them apart from maybe a normal 15-year-old or a normal 21. 21 is still really young. Right. And yeah. I mean, that's got to be something that plays a big part. That's that's a very mature statement, isn't it? Um, tunnel vision. She's very mature for her age, Coco Goff. Um, incredible family, incredible team around her. Um, I just love being around her and watching her and how she's handling everything. I mean, now talk about a big splash at Wimbledon, right? A lot of expectation um, on a 15-year-old and how she's handled it so well. And that just speaks volumes about her as a person and her family and everyone around her. And I think that that is so important um, today, that who you, who you surround yourself with and who, who, um, who has input and who's keeping, you, keeping things in perspective. And so um, tunnel vision is, is so important. Um, you know, she wants to be the best. There's no doubt about it. So it'll be really fun following her uh, come 2020 as well. I love the idea of tunnel vision, um, but I'm always trying to play devil's advocate here. Do you think it can ever be too much? Do you think that at that age, sometimes you have to be like, okay, I, I'm still a 15-year-old. Right. I'm still a young but I think if you see her, 
and you, I'm sure you see her post and follow her. She is she is still your typical. She's yeah. doing some fun things. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about tunnel vision with balance, really, right. right? And I think balance. You know, we always use the B word. That's balance. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I think that that's that's what these young players have, and I think Coco. Um, She's found that balance. Um, Katie McNally, Whitney Osigway, Amanda Anasimova, all these young players uh, coming up. And I don't want to forget any because we have so many have really um, good young players coming. You know, and I think they all see that. And I think they all are inspired from one another. And it's a healthy competition. When one sees one doing well, the other one kind of says, hey, you know, why can't I do that? So I think it's, I think it's really great. Um, and um, it's exciting for me as a past champ, as past player, to to see that, um, you know. And it's an exciting time to be a part of uh, American tennis. And the girls are pushing each other so they hard. They are. They are. Yeah. It's, oh, it sounds like you have a little bit invested in pretty much every American female player, and you're a part of their success, part of their journey. But you're not fully, fully invested in one player. Is that right? Or do you have a position where you're? one player's head coach too no i first of all i don't want to take any credit um i no, i really don't (laughs) you're like the the, the guru i i i am the one you know i like to be behind the scenes um and i you know these girls all have incredible teams around them they deserve the credit they're doing the work in you know day in and day out um you know wherever i can help and ever wherever i can be an extra support that's that's where i come in and you know I love to be at the tournaments and supporting the teams, but by, I, I don't get any of the credit. But do you ever wish you had the one player that you were working with? Or you, or you think it's better to be able to, is your role better? <laughs> you know? Oh boy, that's tough to say. I mean, I obviously love coaching and being invested with with a player. Um, were, were you ever in a position where you were asked, like, "Hey, I want you to be my full time head coach," like? time as as a national coach or as or no just like or, private oh privately privately, Never, privately. Yeah. um maybe maybe uh but you know i i do love what i'm doing because i feel like i can you know um impact maybe many players in american tennis and give back to the sport so i really do like my position although i do love being on court and having that one-on-one relationship too and um, really being able to impact somebody's life um, um, in a positive way. Hopefully I'm still able to do that. I feel like I can still, um, and I try to do that uh, with, all, with all the players. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So, Hi everyone, you're listening to the Tennis.com podcast with U.S. Fed Cup captain Kathy Rinaldi. We're looking ahead to 2020 and some amazing young American players to watch out for, including Coco Goff and Sophia Kennan. Keep listening. All right, let's say Sophia Kennan is playing against like an Allison Risk or a Sloan Stevens and you want to watch this match. Where do you sit? I sit neutral and I sit up high and, you know. Um, as far away. 
Yeah, I've caught her possible. in the stand sitting in a random <laughs> seats. I've seen this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't. You know, I I think I have so much respect for all these players. Um, you know, they're going to play each other. And the more Americans we have, I mean, it's inevitable that they're just going to be playing each other even more often, which is a great problem to have, too. Right. Um, and they, they all know each other. So, you know, there's nothing that I can do that's, you know, going to do you know, one way or the other. Made the best American win, and, and I'm proud of all of them. All right. So 2020, we mentioned the Olympics, but there's also going to be a big change in Fed Cup. What does your Fed Cup schedule look like? Because can you break it down a little bit what's changed is it just like the guys are now because they're playing in madrid and i'm struggling to follow <laughs> i think a lot of people are struggling to i'm follow. lost how i want to just congratulate our uh u.s davis cup captain marty fish on his first uh davis cup tie 4 a.m finish yes you know? 4 a.m finish and all heart out there i mean they played and they did not even it they won and they didn't advance so that was all heart and i i just want to say how proud i am of all that all those all of those boys i mean i've known them a long time too so um i stayed up and watched and i was just blown away by all their heart and soul that they showed in that doubles match and um, Riley and uh, Taylor and the whole team and staff. It was incredible. Um, yes, but Fed Cup starts in February. We have the home away tie um, as a qualifier to get to the final in Budapest in April. So it, it's a two-week. Um, so it's the, the February starts February 3rd to 9th, I think. Or yeah, it's a final is one week. So and then just, we have the, the one-week um, qualifier. And, okay. And it's just been announced we're right outside of uh, Washington, of uh, Seattle, um, in Everett, Washington. So we're pretty excited. Um, At yeah. least you get to stay. Indoors. Yes, stay. it'll be in, yeah, right, right. indoors. Stay nationally. <laughs> right. So we've so got the home. That. Yeah, we play Latvia. Okay, so you have to win that match, and then you're into the finals. We have to win that match to get to Budapest. And the Budapest finals are in April? Yes. Okay. Okay. It's right before Stuttgart. Same week, right before Stuttgart. I mean, I think that's maybe a little bit easier in terms of planning out everyone's schedules because you only have two weeks. Are there pros and cons to this change? Yeah, there are pros and cons. I think, you know what, we need to play it. And, you know, I'm all for whatever's going to grow the sport and for whatever's going to grow Fed Cup. Um, You know, we have more countries now involved, which is is wonderful. Um, It will be interesting to see. You know, it's tough for me because I didn't have – I didn't get to play a final at home. So, you know, that's the only thing. But we do have the home and away um, match to get to Budapest. And then there's nothing like that. So um, we're excited. Budapest is beautiful. Um, we're excited about it. Uh, we have a tough match against Latvia, Ostapenko, and uh, Sevastova. So we've got our work cut out for us. What's your favorite part about Fed Cup? My favorite part about Fed Cup um, – just Obviously, the, the wins. Right. <laughs> that goes without saying. Yeah, it's always well, more fun to win. Right. Um, I would say just the times off the court, um, you know, the, the moments, uh, the team bonding activities, the, you know, uh, just, just a lot of fun. I mean, we have some great characters and lots of personalities. I mean, you know, Coco Vandeweghe is hilarious and Bethany and – you know, Danielle Collins, and then, you know, lucky enough to have Venus and Serena um, and Sloan and Maddie. I mean, we, you know, you just have so many different personalities that it's, it's, it's quite fun. Yeah. 
There's a lot of team bonding experiences that I hear about. And <laughs> the dinners and the pranks. And yes. The rookie yes. speeches. Yeah. Is that every time a player has their first oh, step yes. up experience? Oh, they you have better to do a speech. Oh, yes. I think Shelby Rogers. I'm sorry. She Seth. wins. She it. wins, she hands wins down. It. She did a uh, rap. And it was. Yeah, we really was good. We gotta find, it was incredible. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. filmed. It was filmed. We yeah. gotta. Yeah, you guys need to add that to your podcast. Yeah. All right, <laughs> we will. Yeah. So a lot of fun, and you know, the coach. Some of the private coaches come too, which is which has really been fun too. Is it hard balancing these players and all their entourages when they bring their coach and maybe they have their physical therapist and they're all or their friends and their significant others, and then you have your your agenda you know it really has been great I have to say because we have so many great tennis minds in the room so you know one of my favorite parts actually is the analytics Um, I bring um, our team here from player development David Ramos and Jeff Russell Um, and we have a big round table discussion I bring the private coaches in and you know it's really fun to work together you know you have all these great tennis minds so why not tap into them and um, and it's it's been a really fun experience, actually. And I think it's great for the players because it gives them a little still of individual uh, work for that week. Um, so they're not losing a week because, you know, I know that there's a tournament coming up and events coming up. So you don't want to disrupt their training. Um, so it's really it's really been fun. Everybody has the same mindset. I yes. mean, you just want to get better. Yeah, and then there are some girls that don't want to bring their coach. They just want to come alone. So, you know, it works out. They have the they they can do what they like. I feel like you have to have a really positive, open-minded attitude to be the uh, David or the Fed Cup <laughs> US uh, captain. You do. I have and to you have, have that. You have to have a really like very open great personality. It sounds like you're the perfect person (laughs) for this job. Well, thank you. You were meant for this job, which is kind of what we were touching on. Thank you very much. Well, I appreciate that. I I try my best, that's for sure. Um, You know, it's not about me. It's about the players. And, you know, and that's why I took this job. It's not about me. I had that in my past. (laughs) It's, um, you know, I had that tunnel vision and that you know, selfish mindset when I played, but now it's all about the players and and giving back and and what I can do to um, bring everybody more together and um, make American tennis the strongest it's ever been. All right, all right. Well, Kathy, I think on that note, <laughs> on a great note, Aww. I think we can end our episode of the Tennis.com podcast. Kathy, thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's Captain always a Kathy. pleasure to be with Falcone and, and Nina. <laughs> I've been Nina Pantic, joined by Irina Falcone and Fed Cup captain Kathy Rinaldi. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. From the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, this has been the Tennis.com Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay caught up. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and every major listening app, as well as Tennis.com slash podcasts. You can also see the video of our episodes on Tennis Channel's YouTube page and Tennis.com's Facebook page. We're your hosts, Nina Pantic and Irina Falcone. We'd like to thank our team, editor and audio designer Luke Mahoney, video editor Christina Koseva, producers Alexa March and Sean O'Malley, and executive producers Shelby Coleman, Kyle Einhorn, and Andy Chu.